thrilled to be here. Thank you for joining me every Sunday morning at 11 here on 88.7 FM WLUW. Got an hour uninterrupted of your favorite small town kid. Go to the Loyola Phoenix, Nick Schultz. I know Sister Gene pretty well. I think he's the sports editor there. He is. He's a sports editor. Great. Yeah. Sports good, columnist, sports writer. And, uh, and there's a, there's... I'd be lying if I said I wasn't watching baseball in class. Nick Schultz, who is a, a rising star in this profession. Our guy, Nick Schultz, covers Loyola for the student newspaper there, the Loyola Phoenix. I have to keep pinching myself <laughs> and asking if this is real. I cannot believe this is happening. I'm a poor, starving college student, so I would say I was physically here, but I wouldn't say I was mentally here. Okay, I wasn't going to do this, but it was one of those things last night where I'm sitting there after the Bears game. This is Tuesday at almost 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I was sitting in bed last night thinking, you know what? I'm going to sleep on it. I'm going to do a Bears reaction podcast. It's something I've been wanting to do for a little while now is dive into the podcasting world and expand maybe the Sunday sports shootout, which is usually live Sundays 11 to noon on 88.7 FM WOUW in Chicago. Or starting my own separate podcast where I can just kind of talk about whatever I want. So for right now, this is going to be under the Sunday Sports Shootout file, wherever you get your podcasts. I might end up moving to a new show, but this is going to stay in here for now. Keep an eye on my Twitter for more details. This was just going to be a Bears reaction about how bad that game was and how horrible the Bears offense looked, etc., etc., But then at 11 o'clock today, the news came out that Theo Epstein's resigning as the Cubs president of baseball operations. And then I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be just a mini show. Because this coming Sunday, I want to talk NBA draft. I want to talk a lot about the NBA draft. And if all goes according to plan, I'm going to have a guest this week. It's going to be a really cool guest if I can work it out. I don't want to give any names or give anything, but I'm hoping to book a a cool Bulls-related guest to talk about the NBA draft, which is coming up. Tomorrow night, Wednesday. So I figured this would be a good outlet for me to just kind of let out what I think about the Bears game and Theo resigning. I want to start with Theo, just because that's the news of the day. The Bears I can talk about all week. But Theo Epstein resigning, I heard the rumors, I saw the report from David Kaplan at NBC Sports Chicago a few weeks ago saying that Theo was thinking about Stepping down this year and giving Jed Hoyer a year to get acquainted with baseball operations, or I guess get acquainted with being the head of baseball operations, before a total rebuild. Because it sounds like all the contracts are up after this season. And when I say this season, I mean the 2021 season. I heard the rumor, I saw the report, but as time went on, it sounded like Theo was going to stick around through this year which I thought was almost a given. Figure maybe he was going to be in the role, but Jed would be kind of making the moves and everything. So when the news came out today that he's stepping down early, I wasn't as... How do I put this? I still don't know how to put it. I I was still very surprised when I saw the report, just because, I mean, you you don't expect it today. I mean, it's November 17th. It's not even Thanksgiving yet. And obviously with the Bears last night, I mean, my mind was on football all day. I mean, I was stewing on that game. 
So when I saw the tweets today, the first tweet I saw was from Gordon Wittenmeyer over at NBC Sports Chicago. And then all the other Cubs writers start coming out. I saw Russ Dorsey from the Sun-Times, Paul Sullivan at the Tribune. It started getting real. I'm like, okay, this is happening. I couldn't believe it. And you, you'd think I'd be able to believe it just because you're coming to the beginning of the end of the quote-unquote golden era of Cubs baseball. I just figured Theo would have stuck around another year. We get a little closure. So now he's stepping down in the middle of a pandemic and no fans in the stands to thank him. It's just a very weird day is the best way to put it from the perspective of a Cubs fan. And I did see a stat from the Marquee Sports Network that I want to point out. And it talked about how the Cubs have fared in the years before Theo got to town. And the comparison from after Theo got to Chicago was a cool graphic that pulled all the numbers in one place. So from 1946 to 2014, now keep in mind, 1945 was the last time the Cubs were in the World Series before 2016. 69 seasons, 6 postseason appearances, 5 first place finishes. No World Series. From 2015 to 2020, so the rebuild ended essentially in 2014 at the end of that season when the Cubs brought in Joe Madden and John Lester came to town. That signaled the end of the rebuild. From 2015 to 2020, that's six seasons, five postseason appearances, and one of those years should have been a playoff appearance, but they totally fell off. Three first-place finishes and a World Series title in 2016. If that doesn't put it in perspective for you, I don't know what does. The impact that Theo Epstein had on the Cubs will last throughout history. It'll last through the rest of time. When he came in, everyone thought, okay, this guy broke the curse with the Red Sox. Let's see what he can do in town with the Cubs. And when they won in 2016, it was amazing. And Tom Ricketts said it in the press conference today, the lovable losers mantra is gone. Theo Epstein got rid of that. And say what you want about what happened after 2016. Yes, they didn't get back to another World Series. Yes, I know they didn't win another pennant. Yes, they kind of underperformed. Yes, they've had guys who stood out in years past that haven't performed well. Yes, I know the farm system is depleted. I read these numbers again. Six seasons, five playoff appearances, including it should have been six out of six. Three first place finishes in a World Series. If I went up to you in 2012 and said, hey, this is what's going to happen. I can guarantee you that Cubs fans everywhere would say, I am so down for that. I think that would be incredible. We've never seen anything like that. I think you're kidding if you think that's actually going to happen. Now here we are, almost the end of 2020, thank God, coming up on the beginning of 2021, and we've lived through the golden era of Cubs baseball. We have. And Theo Epstein was probably, actually, no, he was the biggest player in all of that, in that he assembled this team, got that core together, and won a World Series. That's why the news that he's stepping down a year before his contract's up 
It's getting real for Cubs fans. This core is not going to be together that much longer. I'd be surprised if they last through this season. And I'm planning, I'm thinking as if there's going to be a full 162-game season. We're not sure if that's going to happen, but let's, for conversation's sake, let's say that's what's going to happen. It's going to be a 162-game season like normal. Trade deadline, July 31st. My birthday, actually. I believe that if this Cubs team is in contention, the core will stick it out till the end of the year. If they're struggling, if they're not in contention, if things are looking bleak, wouldn't be surprised if Jed Hoyer dealt some more pieces. Because I think there are going to be pieces that lead this offseason. But this is where it's getting real. We, we, I told you the numbers. The core from this team is going to be gone by the end of calendar year 2021. In my opinion. I think Jed Hoyer is going to fit in fine as president of baseball operations. I think Theo has had this planned for a while now. And I, I know he's said that a decade is the perfect amount of time. He's going by the Bill Walsh theory. And I think Jed's going to do fine as president of baseball operations. I'm not worried about him. I want to know who he picks as his number two man. I want to know who gets picked as GM. But that's a conversation for another day because I haven't even thought about any GM candidates yet. I just haven't thought that far. I'm still just... I listened to the press conference earlier, and this is, we're coming up on a two o'clock hour here. It's been three hours since the news broke. I haven't really done a deep dive into everything. I mean, it's my day off of work. I was supposed to work today at the golf course, but my boss texted me yesterday saying, hey, it's going to be slow and cold. Don't bother coming in and take the day off. So I took the day off. So I've been kind of relaxing all day, and I haven't really looked into GM candidates. I don't know if anyone's even talked about potential GM candidates because this is so fresh. But I'm a Cubs fan through and through. Yes, I know. I talk a lot of White Sox on the show. But, I I mean, I respect the White Sox. They're not my number one team. I'll root for them. I'll never root against them. My team is the Cubs. And what Theo Epstein did for my Cubs fandom the last ten years, nine years, I'm running up to ten, has been unbelievable. Even the rough years with the rebuild. I mean, they brought a World Series in 2016. What more can you ask for? Yes, I know. Oh, he won one. Why can't we win two? Why didn't we win two? Why didn't we get the sustained success? If I'd have told you one World Series win, you'd have taken it. So to that, I say thank you, Theo. And I just, I didn't expect this news today. That's why I'm, this is kind of cathartic for me, just letting this out. And I haven't done a lot of writing lately, so I've done a lot of radio, which is why I'm diving into the podcast form to just kind of talk it out. And... It's it's getting real. I remember the day he was hired. And now I remember the day he stepped down. He says he's taking a year off of baseball. I think he's earned it. I think he should be the commissioner. But that's just because I don't like Rob Manfred. But I, I think wherever he ends up next, he's going to do the same great things he did in Boston and Chicago. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. And I did catch, there was one, there was one quote from his press conference, he said, as soon as fans are allowed at Wrigley Field again, he's going to walk his family to Clark and Addison and come to a game and say hi to fans and thank them. That just speaks to who he is. I have not heard a bad word about Theo Epstein as a person. Because as far as I know, he's just a genuinely good dude. 
that speaks to who he is when he said that about coming to Wrigley Field and thanking the fans and everything. That shows just who he is. And I think Jed's going to do great. I want to see who he picks as a GM. But it's not a not a great position for the Cubs right now. Because the farm system is depleted. And one thing to come out of Theo stepping down is the Cubs save money. I mean, he had a $10 million contract that he's walking away from. He's not taking a penny of that. That's going to be dispersed from what I understand. It's what I'm reading on Twitter. That... This is going to save the Cubs some money, and you've heard Tom Ricketts say they don't have any money. Ownership's crying poor. This is a way to save money, and that it speaks to the leadership. John Morosi tweeted that. An incredible show of leadership by Theo Epstein right now. Because he's sacrificing that money, and essentially he could save some jobs. It's just where we're at with the pandemic and everything. That's the biggest news of the day. That Theo Epstein is stepping down. I guarantee you though. George McCaskey is somewhere going. Thank you. Thank you for taking. Some of the pressure off of us. After that performance last night. Because I knew this was going to be a Bears reaction podcast. And I just spent 13 minutes. Talking about Theo Epstein. To show you just how big of news this is. But I'm not going to leave the Bears alone. Because I want it. This is fresh. This is less than 24 hours. And I wanted to do this last night. I'm like, no, I need to calm down. I was pretty pretty hot after the game. I'm like, let's sleep on it. Come back tomorrow and record something. I don't know what that was last night. It wasn't football. <laughs> it, it was bad. This is exactly what I was worried was going to happen on Monday night. Second straight Monday night game for the Bears where they got absolutely embarrassed. Bill Lazor was calling plays. We figured that was going to sell. It was going to solve some problems. We figured that was going to help at least a little bit. Nope. Looked okay in the first half. Second half was worse than when Matt Nagy was calling plays. Did I see thirty-two total yards in the second half? So let's let's dive into this. I want to keep. I just want to keep this condensed because I don't want to go for a full hour because I'm doing this in podcast form. I don't want to make you sit around for a full hour like I usually do on Sundays. So let's let's break this down. It wasn't the quarterback that was the issue because we're still seeing problems with Nick Foles that we saw with Mitchell Trubisky. Small sample size, but it wasn't the play calling because the Vikings were giving up an average of somewhere around 400 yards a game and the Bears got 180-something. So it wasn't the play calling. It, that narrows it down to two things. Is it Ryan Pace or Matt Nagy? You want me to say it's both, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go out and say Matt Nagy needs to be fired. Because personally, I think Matt Nagy is a good head coach. Well, I think Matt Nagy is a decent head coach. And I say that because we haven't seen we haven't seen how he is as just a game as a as a head coach instead of a play caller outside of one game last night. Bill Lazor had the same players Matt Nagy had. Actually, he had less because David Montgomery was out with a concussion. And then, the last drive of the game, Nick Foles gets rocked, goes to the ground, we're worried he broke his hip or something. Turned out it's probably not anything major, but they're going to keep an eye on it heading into the bye week. 
and you end up with Tyler Bray to come in and try and lead a game-winning drive, yeah, like, that was going to work. I saw people on Twitter saying, finally, Tyler Bray coming in. And I was uh, watching with some friends, and I did hear some people celebrate, saying, yeah, Tyler Bray's coming in. Get rid of Nick Foles. You really wanted Tyler Bray in that situation? They shut up real fast when he came in and went one of five. And some of those throws were bad. Like, worse than Trubisky bad. Now the question comes up, okay, you've got a bye week now. Great timing for a bye week. Trubisky's shoulder still hurt, but you got a week off here. Is he going to be healthy by the end of the bye week? Matt Nagy wasn't sure he wouldn't commit to anything. It sounds like they're hoping he can be. But it's also sounding like Nick Foles is going to be healthy after the bye week. So who do you start at quarterback? Easy decision. Bring back Trubisky. It's plain and simple. I told you from the beginning, as soon as Nick Foles came to town, He's not a starting quarterback. He's been a career backup for a reason. I don't care about the Super Bowl MVP. He won the Super Bowl MVP as a backup to Carson Wentz. Yes, he backed up Carson Wentz. Go look up Carson Wentz's number this Go look up Carson Wentz's numbers this year and get back to me. Nick Foles is not a good quarterback. Said that from the get-go. Everyone told me, oh no, I want Foles in there over Mitch. I want Foles in there over Mitch. I'm like, okay, do what you want. Yes, Mitch looked bad against Atlanta. Nick Foles came in and saved the day. That's what he does. He comes off the bench and he plays Superman. He comes in and he saves the day. Then when it's his turn to start, he doesn't look like an NFL quarterback anymore. He comes off the bench. He has to see the game unfold and then go into the game. He can't start a game because when teams game plan for him he can't move the ball or he can't move he cannot run at least with Trubisky he makes plays with his legs what what can Foles do he forces plays with his arm and when he does try to run he looks like Joe Biden when he was running out to greet everybody after being uh after the election was called sorry again He looks like Joe Biden when he was running out after the election was called. Just kind of a light jog. He cannot run the football. At least with Trubisky, he can run the football. That's why Mitch needs to start against Green Bay in a couple weeks. On Sunday Night Football, mind you. So I go back to the original point. It wasn't the quarterback. It wasn't the play calling. If Cordero Patterson ran another play, I was going to go nuts. And when they brought out the Wildcat late in the game... What the hell are you doing? I even said, what are you doing breaking out the Wildcat? So the play calling wasn't the issue. This is on Ryan Pace, and Ryan Pace needs to be fired at year's end. Plain and simple. The defense is great, although Akeem Hicks went down. That's when Minnesota started picking things up was when Akeem Hicks went down. The defense is fine. The guy cannot build an offense. And something needs to something needs to change. I really and truly think Matt Nagy keeps his job. At least for the time being. If it was me, I'd keep Matt as head coach. I'd tell Ryan to walk out the door. And rumors are George McCaskey is not happy. Would you be? They're making me look like a damn fool. I can't imagine how he feels. I'm the one that was out here saying they're five and one, take the money and run. You are what your record says you are. It's okay. Now they're 5-5, five and five and I'm going, you. now I was wrong. I look like an idiot. And this is what I get for having confidence in the Bears. 
So to everyone saying fire Matt Nagy, don't fire Matt Nagy. Fire Ryan Pace, bring in a GM who can build an offense. That offensive line is terrible. Not that that's an excuse for anything last night, but that offensive line is terrible. And one other thing. You're basically running Allen Robinson out of town. Are you kidding me? 43 yards last night? He doesn't get targeted in the red zone. Even his agent was going off on Twitter about target 12. Why aren't you throwing to 12? You're running Allen Robinson out of town when you should be giving him an extension. He's your top playmaker on offense. Pay the man. Instead, you're forcing him out the door because you've got a quarterback who won't throw to him in the red zone. 43 total yards for Allen Robinson, your number one wide receiver, your number one offensive weapon. 43 yards. That's unbelievable. Like, I cannot wrap my head around that. You've got to be kidding me. Thank God they've got a bye week. Some serious conversations need to happen. You've lost four straight going into a bye week. You've got the Packers in prime time next week. That game's going to be a loss. There is no way you're beating Aaron Rodgers when you look like that. Now, you're essentially at a five-game losing streak and you're under 500 when you were 5-1. and one. Something's got to happen. Something's had to happen for a few weeks now. I think it starts at the top with Ryan Pace. Look at the Cubs. They're going to start tearing this thing down on the north side. Theo Epstein just walked out the door. He stepped down for the good of the team. Ryan Pace needs to be fired. Because he's not going to resign. He needs to be fired. I know he's got a year left on his contract. Eat the money. Let him go. Bring in a guy who can build an offense. Because, like I said, the defense is top 10. The offense... Ranks above one team, and it's the New York Jets. They're only above the Jets. Those New York Jets, the ones who are tanking for Trevor Lawrence, the team that Trevor Lawrence will not play for. The reason he wants to go back to Clemson, that, or the reason it's speculated that he wants to go back to Clemson is because he'd be playing for the Jets. That's not good company to be in. The only reason this team has five wins is because of the defense. The defense deserves better. The team deserves a general manager who can build a competent offense. And when the new GM would come in, keep Matt Nagy until the end of his contract. Matt Nagy would have one year left. Let him write out that contract when you rebuild this offense. It can be done. It's not a full rebuild. Because the defense is fine. Get an offensive line, which is easier than you think. And get confidence in your quarterback. That's it. I really don't think Mitchell Trubisky is that bad of a quarterback. I think the offensive line is that bad where he has to, he feels like he's rushed. And then you get performances like that when you go to the backup quarterback who can't make plays with his legs. That's all I have to say. And I want to do this last night, but this would have been a lot longer. And I really didn't want to be talking for an hour. Bye week's coming up this week. Thank goodness. What's ahead on the show on Sunday? Well, I'm going to be talking a lot about the NBA draft. Because the NBA draft is tomorrow night at, I believe, 6.30, 7.30, something like that. And the Bulls have a number four pick. What are they going to do with it? I've got Twitter up right now. I have seen five different situations come up. 
who knows what's going to happen. But I'm hoping to have a Bulls guest on. I'm be talking a lot about the draft. Be talking a lot about the future of the Bulls. Probably be talking Cubs too because we're going to have implications after Theo Epstein's announcement today that he's stepping down. I'll obviously be talking Bears because there's going to be more news out of Hallis Hall this week. Oh, did I mention Akeem Hicks strained his hamstring? Yeah, that happened. We're going to be talking a lot about that as well. So I'm hoping to do more of these down the road. We'll see what happens. I'm going to try and get a couple feeds up and maybe, maybe I'll take this to video. If you have any recommendations, if there's something you want to hear, something you want to see, if you want this to be on YouTube, shoot me a Twitter message. My DMs are open. Feel free to shoot me a line and give me any recommendations. Until then, rate, subscribe, the podcast. Barring the unforeseen, I will talk to you Sunday at 11 on WLUW 88.7, talking Chicago sports on the Sunday Sports Shootout. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm Nick Schultz, and I will see you next week.